0: Oi, bang! This is Brazuca Sounds, hosted and produced by Leandro Vignoli.
1: What's up? Welcome to Brazuca Sounds. We are on Instagram. If you still don't follow us, I encourage you to do it. Pictures and videos, that stuff that I talk about here in the podcast. We also have a playlist on Spotify. Like more than 20 hours of music from all songs that I ever play in the history of this show that I started two years ago. This episode, we're gonna go deep again in our celebration of records released 50 years ago, today with a Gal Costa record released in July 1973 by the Philips record label, her album India. It was probably the most controversial record released by Gal Costa. The album's very iconic and controversial cover art was banned by the Brazilian military detectorship upon its release. But mostly of it all, it was Gal Costa distancing herself from her past of the Tropicalia movement. It was a very different Gal Costa, and the very first song on the record already shows that. <laughs>
2: Negros como as noites que não tem luar Teus lábios de rosa para mim sorrindo E a doce meiguice desse teu olhar
1: So from the get-go, this record starts with a big rupture from Gal Costa's Tropicalia past, right? She was one of those singers in Brazil very revered by the youth. And here's Gal Costa recording and performing one of the most corny songs of Brazilian music ever. It is actually a Portuguese version of a song originally written in Paraguay. A country song, right? In Brazil we call it Sertanejo. That in Brazil was originally recorded in 1952, version recorded by the duo Cascatinha e (laughs) Inhana. And that was 73, especially, as I said, the youth were very connected with protest movements against the dictatorship, so everybody kind of expected from those artists, like Caetano Veloso, Gilberto Gil, Chico Buarque, and Gal Costa, be more in the activist realm of things, not think about, you know, love... Folklore, romantic ballads, and that kind of thing. Uh, But obviously, here this song it was normally performed by duos, right? In Brazil, like all the country music at the time, the sertaneja music. Obviously, though, Gal Costa kept the originally written song from a male perspective. She's talking here about this India of a brown skin, your lips I want to kiss. So, you know, Gal Costa, it was also like kind of... Playing a little bit with these questions of sexuality and whatnot, and as I said before, this song originally it is from Paraguay. It is the country that had the longest dictatorship in South America—35 years of dictatorship there—and the song was written by José Asunción Flores. And even if the song per se it is not a protest song, it is not an activist song, in any way, this guy was very much so in the spectrum of an activist, right? And because of that, José Asunción Flores became the enemy number one over there, he had to go in exile to Argentina, he was never able to actually come back to his home country ever again, and his songs obviously were also banned from the radio stations, in Paraguay, we have one of the most bigots, son-of-a-bitch general, Alfredo Strassner, And, unfortunately, your songwriter here, José Flores, he died in Argentina in the year 1972. And what's the trick in here? This was the year Caetano Veloso returned to Brazil from his own exile in London, England. Uh, and that was a year before he convinced Gal Costa to record the song. Initially, Caetano Veloso will be the producer of this record. He ended up not having the time to do it, but he also had a lot of saying. So Gal Costa starts her performance in here, very concise, very intimate.
2: Negros
1: como as noites que não tem luar. And goes on a crescendo and crescendo. The climax of the song is that trademark of Gal Costa that we learned to love so well. And as I said, all this orchestra arrangements by Tropicalia God, Rogério Duprá. Gal Costa ended up revisiting this song twice in her career. The most famous one is later in 1979, her album Gal Tropical, completely different arrangements. Obviously, this one here, it is the most known. And obviously, Gal Costa, along her entire career for 50 years later, she kept performing that song in every single of her performances one of those classic Gal Costa songs, second song on the album. There was also a distancing from the Tropicalia movement. It comes from the Portuguese folklore, the song Milho Verde. As I said, this song here is originally from Portugal, right? It's a folklore song obviously, in a completely different style, a completely different arrangement here with all these beats from the Bahia, from the African Oranges in Brazil. All these arrangements were made by Gilberto Gil who worked as like the music director of this album in here. So many of the ideas come from the mind of Gilberto Gil. Gal Costa, she never had much of a saying in terms of arrangements, right? She was not a songwriter, she was not a musician per se. Gal Costa was really more like a performer, right? And she didn't need to be anything else. And here is her actually making this connection because her two roots, right? She's from Bahia, the northeast part of Brazil. That's where all these beets and African oranges come from. But her name, Costa, is a very Portuguese name. That's the surname of her mother. Gal Costa was prominently raised by her mother. She had a father, but the guy was not very present in her life. Mostly her mother... Caetano Veloso never liked that much because GAL, it is an abbreviation in Brazil for General, and Costa, it was literally the surname of the current Brazilian dictator at the time, General Costa and Silva. So... Saying Gal Costa is almost like it meant that you were saying General Costa. So much so that the first Gal Costa record in a duo with Caetano Veloso, her name was only Gal. Her first debut solo album is also only Gal. And by the way, Gal is obviously also a nickname. Her name is Maria da Graça Pena Costa. Her nickname in Bahia when she was a kid and teenager and why not, it was actually Gracinha, but there was another singer in Brazil with the same nickname at the time, who is Gracinha Leporati, aka Sergio Mendes' wife. It is that female voice and the Sergio Mendes version of Masquinada, for instance. And just to talk about the original of this song, as I said, it's a folklore song but became very famous in the 1970s as well, uh, by the interpretation in Portugal by José Alfonso, who, by the way, was also a avid lefty political activist against the Salazar dictatorship there in Europe. So there's all these connections, the first and second songs on the album they are not political songs to the slightest but the performers of the original songs and the songwriters they were super into the anti-detectorship so there is a trick, right? Gal Kosta was not being political but she was at the same time Uh, around the time that she was releasing this record, Gal Costa went on a TV show hosted by Joe Suarez, uh, David Laderman of sorts, in Brazil at the time, and he asked her if she could be considered like a godmother for Luiz Melodia by recording his songs, and that's why she responded.
2: I think, in certain way, I was responsible for the divulgação. Do the work melodia in and the In a certain Macalé, way, I think I was responsible for his
0: work being recognized. And also for Jardis Macalais. They both have been performing in my shows, arranging songs for my albums, you know? So, yeah.
2: I think so. Is there a case that he wrote a song
0: specially for
1: you?
2: No caso of Perola Negra, no. He came to my house and me showed me a música. Eu realmente fiquei muito emocionada. Yeah,
0: there is. He showed me Parola Negra before at my house, and then I recorded it. So this time around, I asked him to write a song exclusively for the new album. And so he did. And it is Presente Cotidiano. And he this Presente
2: Cotidiano.
1: So here's presente cotidiana, right? First notes on the accordion. Obviously, this is Dominguinhos, who has like a strong presence in this album. I talked a lot about Dominguez in our previous episode about the history of Forró, haw one of the best accordion players in the history of the Brazil. He was also super present in this record and on Gal Costa performances live. There's a bit of an orchestration here in the background that was provided by Arthur Verocay. <manyone> And, as I said before, I previously mentioned Presente Cotidiano, the lyrics, it was written by Luiz Melodia who previously Gal Costa recorded the song Pérola Negra in her previous album, Life Fatal. And by the way, this song here was extremely censored at the time. I even do have here the document, the official document for the censorship in Brazil. The way it works, you had to send the lyrics to three different departments and this song was vetoed from the get-go, basically saying the song was revolved in a sentiment of contest, protest, and revolt, according to this censor guy. But then the record label Phonograph via Philips, they decided to challenge that decision, and then you went to a second. Uh, stance, and that second time they decided that the song was not that bad enough, could be recorded, but unfortunately not to be played on the radio or live. And it's very actually hard to understand why exactly the song was censored, probably because of this continued repetition of the verse. Who's gonna want to buy banana? So she keeps repeating that. Quem vai querer comprar banana? And I guess those dudes from the military censorship felt like that was a diss on the prices of everything going on in Brazil in 1973. And obviously if this song was written by Luis Melodia and I mentioned before there is this strong arrangements by Dominguinhos,
0: Luis Melodia is currently my favorite songwriter. He is a black angel. Dominguinhos I discovered when I was watching a Luis Gonzaga concert. He was amazing and I fell in love with his accordion and his personality. I've also recorded some of his songs and they are all
2: beautiful. <laughs>
1: she mentioned that she recorded a song by Domingues, but that particular song that she mentioning, it was not actually in the album, only later as a single, which by the way is this song here on the background right now, De Amor Eu Morrerei So, this is a song that was not part of India. Going back to the album now, one of the most famous Brazilian songs of all time, definitely in the Brazilian songbook, the song Volta, written by Lupicínio Rodrigues.
2: Quantas noites não durmo, a rolar na cama, a sentir tantas coisas que a gente não pode explicar.
1: Ama. So this is one of those very, very, very melancholic songs. If you heard our episode about the history of samba and 30 songs, Lupicinho Rodrigues was there. He was primarily a guy known by very melancholic tunes, songs for the elbow pain. And as I explained in that episode, elbow pain in Brazil means like a heartbreak. Right? Obviously, the two performances are completely different. This is the Lupicinio Rodriguez version, the original.
3: Ponta, viver outra vez a meu lar. Não consigo dormir sem tempest, pois meu corpo está acostumado. Voltar,
2: vem viver outra vez ao meu lado. Não consigo dormir sem teu braço, pois meu corpo está acostumado.
1: Almost a cappella, only with these organ tunes uh, going in the background. Her voice also very. Subdue, you know, Gal Costa normally had those crazy falsetos, but here she's absolutely controlled, right? It's almost like she's whispering in your ear, almost like she's singing the song while you were there. And by the way, life, Gal Costa used to play that song by herself with the
3: guitar. In the
2: It's
1: probably one of those performances that reinforce the beauty of her voice. Uh, that could be so powerful, but also so angelical at the same time. And going back to the original version from the album here with the organ in the background, that was played by Tenorio Jr. He was one of those most requisite uh, studio musicians of the time. And he went missing in mysterious circumstances in Argentina after performing a show with Vinicius de Moraes in Tolkien. He went out one night to buy cigarettes and he was never seen again, right? He was quickly assumed that he has been rounded up by the dictatorship security forces, kidnapped and obviously subsequently throw in jail, torture, and murder like many other people in Argentina. As you see a lot of military dictatorship in South America in the 1970s, Paraguay, Brazil, Argentina, we didn't even mention the one in Chile, who by the way started in September 1973, same year as Gal Costa released India, and on that same week they assassinated Singer Songwriter and political activist Vitor Jara uh, could do an entire podcast about dictatorship. And guess what? I did two years ago. It is the Brzezica Sound's number eight songs censored by dictatorship. This is one of the songs that I played in the Gal Costa special. is the Berserka Sounds number 40. Uh, right after she passed away in November last year, I made a, like a very quick special, about five of her best tunes. And as I said in that particular episode, the entire lyrics of this song, written by Caetano Veloso, are these short phrases. They are like two words of command, right? They are opposite meanings. One is an order, the other is a request. It's kind of like a super clever way of saying the way the dictatorship guys used to ask, uh, quote-unquote, for things in Brazil at the time. It sounded like a request, but normally it was an order. So this entire lyrics, it is just these repetitions, right? Trate, retrate, veli, revele, toque, retoque, and so on and so on. By the way, almost the entirety of these records, it is made of lyrics that are very, very repetitive, right? Almost like a kaleidoscope. So this is the kind of album that after you listen the song only two or three times, really stuck into your head almost like forever and Helense here uh, opening the B side is not any different a very repetitive rhythm, right? Very easy listening. There's like a blend of funk music and biome. Dominguinho's accordion here dominates the entire show with these huffing repetitions. It's probably the most experimental song of the album of sorts, also probably the most Brazilian of it all, because it's very connected to the forró and Bayern music genre. That all being said, we also obviously need to talk about the album cover, right, that was showed in a dark blue wrapper, so the public wouldn't see the cover. If you never saw this album cover, is Gal Costa wearing a red bikini, and the photograph is like a close-up riding her crotch. It's like a red bikini, but also indigenous feathers, really trying to establish that paradox, because Obviously, indigenous peoples in Brazil, they don't wear bikinis or underwear, for that matter. And this album cover was famously shot by the photographer Antonio Guerreiro, who also did many of other Gal Costa album covers at the time. The back cover of the album is also very provocative. You can actually see the breasts of Gal Costa in the album cover. So, obviously, the censorship will not leave that go unnoticed. Today, obviously, you can buy this record with no rapper in Brazil. Just, by the way, that was around the same time where pornograph magazines or the nude magazines like Playboy and Hustler or whatever, they were forbidden in Brazil. And when they were not forbidden, for instance, uh, the woman could be exposed only with one of the breasts naked, not the two breasts, so that was one of the prerogatives of the Brazilian dictatorship of the time. As odd as it sounds, don't ask me why. of the song is the most kaitano ish as it can be. The lyrics are very long, with a lot of expressions from the 1970s. It's very hard to translate because some of those expressions, not even Brazilians actually remember what they meant. It was actually a love declaration of Caetano Veloso to Gal Costa, almost in a romantic way. They were never got together, they were never involved romantically. The song is obviously deeply metaphorical, but it's about a build-up of a relationship, right? That ends up never being fully embraced. They were like friends with benefits, but we know actual benefits, if that makes uh, any sense.
2: Porque eu sou tímido e teve um negócio De você perguntar o meu signo Quando não havia
1: This song is a narration of a story happening in the neighborhoods of Rio de Janeiro where all these artists from Bahia were living in the 1970s. And this is the part of the song that the title track Da Maior Importancia, of a major importance, the song title links to this reference of Transa that I mentioned before. Da maior importância deve haver uma transa qualquer para você e para mim.
2: Da maior importância deve haver uma trança qualquer para você e para mim.
1: This is a song that Caetano Veloso also recorded later in his following record of 1974, Qualquer Coisa. And for this newspaper interview, Gal Costa talked about the release of this record. Ali Murphy is going to read for us again.
0: An artist is not a clown that should be applauded for the same joke. He has a historic role. A capsule of time. So I do my work the way I want to do it, and it comes naturally to me. I'm not reactionary when it comes to music. It's up to people to decide if they like it or not.
1: So obviously, the song was very different from the rock and roll, tropical past of Gal Costa. It's almost like a full psychedelic song. you never really had the courage so it's not up to me tell you to stay Piki, this word, does not translate necessarily as courage, but more a sprint, a dash. But this was a 7 expression, right? A slang. And piki rhymes with the word fiki, to stay. So it's like Caetano being Caetano over there. Uh, and the next song on the album also has this very same vibe. And is one of the most beautiful songs on the record. It's called Passarinho. Passarinho here is one of my favorite songs on the record, Gal Costa's voice. Super calm, quiet, uh, comforting you, almost. The guitar here is played by Toninho Horta. Big contribution, too. He was from the band of... Milton Nascimento, Clube da Esquina, all those arrangements, right? That I mentioned before in different broadcasts. Over here, this sensitive guitar playing was very interesting. One of the best guitarists in Brazil in the 1970s. And the lyrics here were written by Tuzé de Abreu who was part of the Caetano Veloso's band, mostly as a saxophonist, but he was also a songwriter. Gal Costa always liked to introduce new songwriters to the scene. At the time, Tuzé was only 25 years old. He never released any record until, I don't know, four years ago, when he was in his 70s. And obviously, this is another repetitive lyrics to... Cantar como um passarinho de manhã cedinho. So she keeps repeating that over and over, like sing like a bird early in the morning. It is not really a melancholic song, it is what I said before, it's very comforting, right? this song here was more like for like a Sunday morning after you wake up on a hangover after all that drinking and just keep listening to the song on repeat for the whole day Uh, and obviously right, it's one of those songs where Gal Costa was really explicitly looking for a different audience, it was a very conscious decision that she made in the recording process of India, Uh, so much that she said that in an interview for the newspaper O Globo that Ali Murphy is going to read for us one more time.
0: I'm perfectly aware that I'm a singer consumed mostly by the elite. It's inevitable because concerts and the university circuit create that limitation. But there is a new audience coming on this tour now. Old couples, senior ladies, and they all love it. The long-haired dudes from the crowd got a bit upset. They want me to sing rock, which I can and will do it again, but only if I want to. However, I consider this new album the most mature one I've ever done. It's very meticulous musically, with my voice clean and controlled.
1: Thank you, Ali. It was very nice to have you on the show. So she was super controlled, very mellow, like we almost never heard Gal Costa before until she kind of exploded for her trademark falsetto, midway through these song, still repeating the same lyrics, cantar como um passarinho. So, Gal Costa was performing these songs for the whole year of 1973, since the beginning, uh, and then she decided to record some of them for this album. So, unlike her previous, from 71, Fatal, where she actually recorded live, this time she decided to go in the studio, and the promoting tour made a point of going to a 16 different capitals in Brazil, uh, including two or three concerts, At the same capital, sometimes, including also some free concerts uh, in places like a public basketball court. Places not necessarily set up for concerts, but she was trying to reach like this more mature slash adult contemporary audience. Uh, And these mellow songs here, they are the ones that were more popular in Brazil, and they're still even to this day, right? Which varies. A lot with the impression, with the ones that became internationally recognized, and the audience came to love. So, this is probably the most famous song on the record for the foreign audience, right? Especially with all the reissues of India, these funk songs like Relance before, and this one here, Pontos de Luz. This is obviously the funkier on the album, so we gotta mention the bass player here, Luis Alves, and the drummer, Roberto Silva. These pair were also part of the group Son Imaginario, the backup band of Milton Nascimento, Clube da Esquina, Milagre dos Peixes, so many records. All these horn arrangements were orchestrated by Arthur Verocai, who was not a big household name in Brazil at the time, also one of those cases that are more recognized internationally these days. And obviously, this song regained a cult status after appearing at the infamous mixtape by Mad Lib, Flights to Brazil. If you never listened to it, it's an absolutely must, absolutely incredible. This song was also sampled by Canadian artist Que in his song Light Spots. Lyrics here were written by Jardis Macalé, not Gal Costa. Totally circular again. She keeps repeating, I feel happy, I feel very happy, I feel completely happy. Jardis Macalé, obviously, also the songwriter of a previous song that made Gal Costa very famous, Vapor Barato, from her previous record. (laughs) And then to finalize the record, Gal Costa decided to go way back to the past and pay tribute to one of her favorite singers, João Gilberto, singing the song Desafinado.
2: Se você disser que eu desafino amor, saiba que isso é em mim.
1: So, Desafinado here is obviously written by Tom Jobim and Elton Mendonça, but became very, very famous with João Gilberto. João Gilberto and Gal Costa they were friends, right? Despite the fact they were have like a huge gap in terms of age, but Gilberto always considered Gal Costa one of the best voices in Brazilian music. And when Gal Costa was just a teenager back in Bahia, obviously João Gilberto was her idol, right? For all his contributions in the history of Brazilian Bolsa Nova. And this song here is actually the first time Gal Costa is recording a Bolsa Nova. Uh, Desafinado is like a, in the songbook of Brazilian music, obviously. There's also, though, there's a very different arrangement, right? That really doesn't sound like Bolsa Nova because of this extensive use of accordion. É que os And contribution from Dominguinhos. So there is a regional pinch to a more universal uh, music genre. Also a big, big rupture with the tropicalia, the psychedelic sounds, and the guitar-influenced tunes from late 60s. And so was Galcosa really emphasizing this juxtaposition, right? She started with a very, very corny song that was India. And she finished it off with an epitome, a chic song from the Bolsa Nova standards. So she went... 8 to 80 in a very rapid fashion. So starting with the cheesy tunes for the maids and finishing with the sophisticated lyricism of Bolsa Nova and the Brazilian elite. And that's a wrap for today, folks. There is a movie, a biopic about Gal Costa that was just released in Brazil. There is called Meu Nome é Gal. My Name is Gal. I don't know when or how it's going to be available streaming platforms, but you should dashfully check it out at least on YouTube, the trailer of this movie. Send me a message on Instagram if you can. I'm there as Brazooka Sounds. I'm going to post a lot of video clips, audio and also pictures related to the record later on during this week. See you next time. Bye bye. Thank you very much.
0: This was Brazooka Sounds with Leandro Vignoli. Thank you for listening and see you next time.